You are listening to the NIHL Flyby with your hosts Matt Lindsay and Dave Ferrari, proudly supported by Skaters Network and Pride Tape. Welcome to episode number 23. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Lindsay. And I'm Dave Ferrari. And Davey, another poor week in hockey for us, mate. Lockdown. Continuing to uh, to go on at this stage, um, have hit some new highs in numbers as well, mate. So I'm not sure what the plan's going to be going forward here, but I feel like we're in in this a little bit longer than initially expected. Yeah, I think uh, you know I hate to predict the future um, when it comes to COVID because no one knows. But you know, unfortunately, numbers going up. Uh, looks like we're going to be in here for for at least a few more weeks. Uh, and look, it just is what it is. Absolutely. Um, now, for the, for the listeners, they may have noticed that your voice is slightly distorted this week, Davey. Um, we have changed it up a little bit and gone away from Zoom um, and trying it out with the uh, the phone console through Bluetooth. So, um, yeah, that'll be the reason for a bit of distortion, but we'll just see how this episode goes, and um, it certainly gives How's us that? a bit more flexibility. How's our luck? Just when we go out and buy the fanciest machine you can buy when it comes to podcasts, um, we got, what, a couple of weeks with it, and now we're back to uh, doing it the old-fashioned way. I oh, know, pretty devastating. Um, it's almost as bad as sharing the single mic like we were for the first 10, 12 episodes, mate. But as we said, hopefully it's it's not going to be too, too much longer. Um, we can get back in the office and get that quality podcast sound back at it. That's right. Uh, as we mentioned last week, Dave, I dived into a little bit of the NIHL stats. Um, thought we might touch on those each week while we're currently in this situation with no NIHL games being played. So this week, I decided to look a little bit into the Bandits, the Wolves and the Sharks. So very Division 3 focused this week. So looking at the, the Bandits this week, Dave, the, there are three games in, but what I thought might have been interesting uh, to note was they have more than 50% of their roster who have recorded a goal this year. So I know it's a short sample size, but the fact that they've already got more than 50% of their team contributing on the scoreboard really, to me, shows that they're quite a dangerous and deep team this season. So we've always kind of talked about the gold miners being a deep team, but um, what are your thoughts on the Bandits having so many goal scorers? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that comes from winning a championship. Now, I know in the NIHL, it's only two games to get to a championship when it comes to playoffs. But um, if you look in the NIHL, sorry, in the NHL or the AIHL, um, teams that go on a bit of a run or go deep or play in a championship game and particularly win, it just does wonders for the depth of your roster. And I find that players that play in those situations just come back next year that much stronger because they've been in the pressure cooker. They're, they're a little more hardened um, for the game so they can just calm down a bit more in the regular season and, and execute a little more. And I think you're seeing that from the band that's fresh off their championship. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought it was cool to see Jacob Taylor actually leading the way at the moment um, with, I think he has three points, two or three points in the, the three games at this stage, but pretty cool to see that he's the top of the, the Bandits ladder. Yeah, he's, he's come along, uh, you know, a great way and he's got a great way to go too so you know if we're seeing this um kind of rising point for him this early in his in his hockey journey you know just once he he continues to improve his skating and gets even more confident with the puck could have could have a real player on our hands 
Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's anywhere near his ceiling yet. Uh, still a young guy, very motivated, comes to a lot of training sessions and things. So I think we will see him continue to thrive and grow throughout the seasons. Another player uh, that I, li- I would like to see a bit more of is Kyle Sullivan, mate. He got promoted to Division 3 just before lockdown and did have a point in his single game so far where he was a spare player. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Kyle? I think he's going to be a pretty productive guy on that roster as well. Absolutely. He's a guy that just needs game experience. He's out on the ice a lot with his son, Kimmy, public skating and getting a lot of practice in. But um, now he just needs that, that game time and game situations to really break through to the next level. But with both players, it's interesting that, you know, at, at every level, the better you get, the, the harder it is to see results, the smaller those results are. So for a player like Jacob or Kyle, you know, in their first year or two of hockey, you just come along great from starting out thinking, oh, am I ever going to score a goal type thing to, to banging in a few? And now, like you said, Jacob, uh, point of game player. Um, but then as you get up the ranks and look at a player at like the East Coast level or the AIHL level, you know, you can have a, a huge improvement in an off season or, or even a season. And you might only see, see a rise of like three points a year or, or four minutes a game, which is really small. But, um, yeah, as you get better, they're just those uh, improvements are harder to see, but just so so valuable. Yeah, for sure. And I think we sh- we would encourage all of the NHL teams to also look at um, changing up rosters and lines throughout the season and seeing what sticks for players. I know for me, uh, when you look at my stats for AIHL, a lot of the times when I have higher points throughout a year, it's from probably playing with a more <laughs> Uh, offensive D partner who might be scoring a lot more like Felix Poulan a few years ago. All I had to do was really give him the puck and he got me a point. So, you know, I definitely encourage teams to look at different lines and see what works for people. And maybe that's what's happening for Jacob at the moment. He might be on a line that's quite offensive, like with uh, Captain Andy Sawyer or something, for example, who can find the back of the net pretty comfortably. Um, It does assist those, uh, those players that are wanting to continue to improve. Yeah, absolutely. And, and big thing for me is play every position. Like, really, at every level of in-house, I'm kind of strange sometimes that players just say, oh, I'm only a, a defenseman or I'm only a center or a forward. Um, obviously, you have your preferred position, um, and hopefully your, your team, you know, you can play the best role in your team in that preferred position, but sometimes you've got to play a different position. And, you know, it's not a forever thing. It might be for one game or just a string of games or maybe even a season, but it gives you a better understanding. Like, I'm a player who has played both forward and D, and I really think it's improved my game in both positions because, you know, when you're playing D for a lot of the time, then you go up forward, it's like, oh, man, I, you know, I'm I'm actually not open in this spot and I need to move and, and get open or why isn't the D giving me the puck there? Like, this is where I want it. So then when I go back to D, I'm a better defenseman and, and vice versa. So I think, yeah, don't be tied to a position um, or line mates. Like mix it up and, and it's a recreational league. That's what it's all about. Play a different spot, play with different people because you just don't know what you don't know and it may be the best thing you've ever done. For sure. Now let's move on to the Wolves here where I opened up their roster and saw leading scorers for their team. It wasn't a surprise, Davey, but I'm curious to see if you could pick the top three uh, point scorers on the Wolves. On the Wolves, well, it would be uh, our man Jordan Van Elf leading the way. Um, I would say Sam Biddles be up there. Would I be correct in that? Yep. And see, I, I would normally say Sammy Lynch because um, we all know how much of a gun he is. However, I um, 
I know he's had a slow start to the year. So I'm not going to say Sammy. I'm instead going to... Actually, no, you know what? I'm going to say Sammy. He surprised me before. Let's see if he can do it again. You've nailed it, mate. I'm glad you've come oh, back God. and circled back on Sammy there because you're spot on. Jordan Van wow. Alst, Sammy Great Lynch myself. and Sam Biddles. So um, all doing really well. Van Alst uh, and Biddles actually quite up there. I think seven and eight points each uh, in three games. And then Sammy Lynch with four goals on the season. So wow. Sammy's obviously uh, finding the back of the net comfortably as well at this stage. Um, nice, mate, can I just circle back on something real quick? Yeah, mate. You know, you're talking about yourself playing with Felix Poulin. You had 14 points that year in the 26 games played, and uh, which was a career high for you. Uh, and four goals, which was also a career high for you in the AIHL. So, um, yeah, he did, he did wonders for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, super fun guy to play with. Gave me a lot of confidence to, I guess, come out of my shell a little bit more and not be as defensive as I was. Uh, I think I got actually three of those. I think that might be the year I got three goals in a game or something. Or maybe it was two goals and three assists or something. But I had a pretty productive season that year, I remember. Probably tied into me getting selected for the Oz team as well. So very grateful for Felix that year. And I noticed, I remember he didn't finish the year with us. Um, he left. So that could have had something to do with it as well. Yeah, true, true. I don't know if I had a de- <laughs> decline in points. <laughs> um, I mean, playing with you, he might have said, I'm out of here. Yeah, touche. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to, have to look at his points and see how he went that year compared to his other professional career. Um, <laughs> would be curious to see if it, it plummeted there. But anyway, he definitely helped me along the way. So um, back to the Wolves, mate. So yeah, those top three, no surprises there. Yeah. Um, and then I clicked on Adam Turner's profile because he's been in the league for a number of years now and he's such a really nice guy. He's fairly quiet. Um, but thought I'd just point out that he's getting very close now to 100 games played. So he would be just short uh, with this season, but he's a guy that plays year-round. So in summer, he'd be looking at hitting 100 games. So thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, good on him. Another interesting thing for, for Adam was... He is current, he's got 33 points on his career out of 90 games, so roughly that point three, which I'm pretty proud of because that's kind of my career as well. So um, <laughs> thought it was pretty fitting that we're, we've matched up there. Yeah, um, very good. Now, last time I looked at for this week, mate, was the Sharkies, as I mentioned just before. Um, so they're pretty close to the Bandits in terms of goal scoring. So they've got just short of 50%. They're on 40, 46% of their team with a goal, with Andrew Miller comfortably leading the shiver. Did you know a group of sharks is called a shiver? I didn't, uh, but I just Googled no, that quickly. I would have quickly. thought pod, because that's the Dolphins, obviously, or Wales. That's um, right. Yeah, a shiver of sharks. There yeah, you go. shiver of sharks. That was a bit weird. But anyway, Andrew Miller is leading the shiver with five goals in just the three games. So... He's been a pretty effective player for the Sharks. He does need to get a jersey, though. I can't stand looking at that uh, dark blue training jersey. But anyway, we'll get that sorted in the near future, I think. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on Andy Miller? Mate, he's uh, he's a player that's snuck under the radar. Um, no, I really... He was really brought to my attention in the, the first game of the season that I had the referee, where he was just outstanding. I'm like, who is this guy? Um, and, yeah, a player that is playing a big role for the Sharks and, and then continues playing like he he does. I could easily see him um, playing up in Division 2 before we know it. I agree, absolutely. And they've obviously got Emma Moonen 
as well in goal, who has just played two of the three games, but um, she's got a 0.818 save percentage, which is very solid for the start of the season when there's a lot of goals being scored and people have a lot of energy. Um, and the Sharks' goal against average looks a little bit high at the moment, but I think that was on the back of um, Emma missing that first game of the year and, and Michelle having a don on the the goalie equipment, being the captain and, and taking one for the team. Um, she did an excellent job, by the way, but um, yeah, I thought yeah, Emma's got some pretty impressive stats to start the year. Yeah, she does and, and looks really comfortable in the net. Like, hasn't been doing it that long, but she's just fearless and she's got good size for a goalie. Um, she's, you know, she's uh, a bit short compared to other players out there, but I just find she fills the net really well with her size. Um, she's mobile in the net, covers it well. Um, and yeah, I think she's, I think she's going to keep climbing through the ranks, um, because she enjoys it. She really likes playing goal and I think she's great at it. Yeah. She even joined us for a senior one practice, uh, before lockdown and I thought she did excellently and I agree. She plays at angles really well and, and looks quite big because she is coming out so far and really, uh, quite aggressive at the, the shooter. So it's awesome to see that she's already developed those kind of skills this early in her career. All right, Davey. Again, no. Now, mate. Oh, sorry. Go. Well, just while we're on stats, because I knew uh, you had those things to cover, so figuring you might be at the end of that, um, I just saw an interesting stat that I stumbled across this morning. Because um, when I go on my computer, <coughs> sorry, when I go on my computer, um, I typically open the Elite Prospects tab just to see what transactions they made, see if Calgary has picked up Jack Eichel yet. Um, any other trades um, of any description, really. Yep. And most on there today is that um, Newcastle, well, not Newcastle's own, but North Star's own James Downey has uh, signed with the Manchester Storm in the uh, English League, the EIHL. No way. Good on him. Yeah, That's so I know the... he has a passport because I think his dad played and or, or was born over there, or, or maybe he was even born there, but somehow he's a, he um, has a passport. English passport or, or something, which would help him become eligible for that league. But yeah, coming off a year in the NA3 uh, Junior League in the States with 12 games, 0.940 save percentage. Um, so yeah, that's excellent. Man, that's awesome. That's where Moffat played too, I think, the Manchester Storm. So It is, yeah. Um, yeah, how cool is that? That's, that's great. We'll have to follow that closely and um, check in with him because I know he was meant to be playing for the North Stars. Uh, prior to COVID, the last year's AHL season, I don't. Did he end up coming yep. up here and and doing any of the tournament? Or yeah, he played. He played in a few Hawkesbury games before he had to go back, and then he was going to play in this year's uh, McCormick Cup. But um, you know, because he does so much hockey overseas, he just couldn't kind of risk coming back in the country and and getting stuck here. So I think he was briefly back here and then went back overseas and. And yeah, he must be either in or on his way to England now to um, to suit up for for Manchester this year. Excellent, good on him. That's great. I'm glad you you brought that up. Um, all right, mate. We'll jump into now. Obviously, there was no NIHL hockey again this weekend. Um, and actually, speaking of that, mate, we we've been chatting about uh, a couple of different ideas if this uh, lockdown does kind of look at us going into the summer when we usually start our summer comp. Because um, I'm sure people are going to start wondering what the plan is uh, with the season. And I don't know if we want to dive too far into it yet without kind of uh, confirming it with the rink at the moment. But we've definitely got some cool ideas and, and are still uh, 
pretty positive that we will be able to finish out the winter season. Is that right? Absolutely. That's our biggest goal is, um, is completing this winter season. Now, a lot of people have been messaging us about summer season and we have some really big things in the works for summer. Um, can't announce them just yet because we have a winter season to deal with. But, um, you know, there, there are going to be some big changes for summer that we're going to need a bit of lead time to do. Uh, quite excited about it. But as for winter, yeah, our priority is to complete the season. Now, we may have to shrink it a little bit depending how long this lockdown goes and how long the, the rink is closed for. Uh, however, we have are constantly um, brainstorming ideas of how that can be done, um, condensing the schedule so you play multiple times in a week, or, uh, yeah, working with the rink a little bit about having even a, a hockey day similar to Stampede with longer games, obviously, where we can just have the rink for a whole day and just play NIHL games where um, we may have to shrink the length in a little bit. Obviously, it won't be Stampede length, um, and it will be regular rules, 5 on 5 but they may not quite be um, the hour games. We have to shrink them to 45 minutes or something like that. Uh, we haven't decided anything yet, but... I guess the, the biggest message there is um, our goal is to complete the season and to have a winter NIHL champion before we move into summer. Yeah, Davey, I can't wait to see what uh, comes of that conversation with the rink and, and certainly all those ideas really sound exciting to me. So hopefully the, the NI community are keen to dive into that and get the winter season done just like we would like to. Um, but before I just uh, jumped into that conversation, wanted to get to our Pride Tape sightings for this week because I thought the one we found was pretty cool. Absolutely, it was excellent. So I don't know how you came across it, Davey, if you're in the group or not, but I got tagged on Facebook this week from Ben Armstrong uh, into the NHL Division 4 group chat, um, or group page, I should say. And what I saw on there I thought was awesome. It was Rosie Scott, who has thought outside the box, Still had some pride tape left and thought, hey, I'm in lockdown, still have to do yard maintenance and all that stuff. So she decided to wrap the pride tape around the handle of the lawnmower. So I wanted to give a big shout out to Rosie for thinking outside the box there and putting it on the lawnmower. Yeah, it definitely made me smile when I saw that great use of the pride tape outside of hockey. Um, Now, I'm not exactly sure what, what Rosie does for a job, but I believe it is something in that industry where it's it's kind of landscaping, um, maintenance. I've seen her post some other pictures on there with some pretty epic garden landscapes that um, she's been a part of. So, yeah, good to see her sporting the pride tape on the handle of the lawnmower. Um, we've obviously seen it used on the field hockey stick as well. Yep. Um, and I know uh, I know other people have come into the pro shop over the years buying stick tape for, for weird stuff like because it does grip, um, just like we get the bull riders coming in to buy the hockey helmets and, and such. So, or people come in to buy hockey pucks, and it's like, oh, do you, you know, do your kid play hockey? They're like, oh, no, I just need to, to prop up a desk or something like that. So, um, great way to think outside the box. And, uh, you know, while we're not playing hockey, we've got a pride tape sighting, which is excellent. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because. Uh, a friend of, of ours actually asked for some pucks not that long ago and it was to prop up their bathtub because of the rubber. Uh, you know, it wouldn't degrade or anything like that and it was strong enough to hold up their tub. So uh, I thought that was interesting as well. There you go. All right. Let's now jump into this week's... 
before we get to uh, this week's mystery player and the results from uh, last week, mate, we again forgot to congratulate and shout out an NIHL player who did correctly guess last week, mate. So I'll hand it to you to uh, give out that apology. Yeah, obviously last week's was Andrew Tucky and... You know, we've, we've, we've all taken turns at mounting the NIHL or Newcastle Ice Hockey Instagram page. Sorry, Dave, I've, I've, I've got to jump in there, mate, because it was actually Glenn Reynolds last week. Andrew Tucky was a week before. Okay, so it's a two-week-old one then. Um, which, oh, that's even wow, worse. <laughs> that's even worse. But, uh, yeah, so lately I've been on there. And, and uh, you know, I know going into the um, inbox, uh, there's – a little tab called requests and, and if it's anything like my personal one, it's always just junk of people um, trying to sell you something or that you've won a million dollars and contact them or that they love you long time or something. <laughs> uh, so I just tend to ignore them on my personal account and that habit's obviously carried over to this one because I, I, it was the number was pretty high so I just clicked it on the NIHL account and it was all names I'd recognised, so uh, clicked through and have gotten back to, to everyone now. But one of them uh, was it was Will McGann who who guessed Andrew Tucky Tucky correctly, and uh, we never 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 gave him that shout out. So this one's for you, Will. Well done, little uh, shout out. And we've now consolidated those messages, so we'll be able to get uh, get them get to them a little more promptly than we had in the past. Absolutely, mate. Now let's move on to the answer for this week's. Who have you got? Absolutely. This week's, or last week's, Who Are You was Ethan Spells. Now, uh, we're a little bit sneaky here, but totally within the rules that uh, Ethan obviously plays in, as two, in two different positions in the league. He's a Division One goaltender, which is where he has played for Australia and played the majority of his, of his games in the NIHL. But he's also a uh, Division Two player and plays right now on the uh, Bears and has played on the Hounds and he's actually played for a bunch of different teams. And that is where he's a bit of a deadly goal scorer. So we added his games played together because that's, Ethan Spells and he's playing in the league um, as well as some of his goaltending accomplishments like playing for Australia um, and his goals and assists for when he is a player. So uh, there was only two people to get it correct this week, I believe, Matty. I'll hand that over to you to reveal them. That's correct, mate. And I just got to point out, I feel like it's a bit of a victory for us because we've been doing this segment for a long while now and our regular Sherry and Brendan McCormack, uh, they definitely took their time this week, had a few different guesses. I think Ethan's name may have even come across some of their discussions with us, but they no. didn't, they didn't well, end I up... Well, did, did actually. It did, but they didn't end up locking in, Ethan, so I'm pretty stoked that we've been able to stump the, uh, the gold standard. But yep. for this week, the two people that got the answer correct was, in fact, Ethan himself and also Jamie spelled his father. So congratulations to the Spells. Yeah, good, good guessing, guys. And uh, yeah, Maddie, what a victory for us, mate. We've stumped Brendan and Sherry um, the fir- first time for the season. So we, uh, you know, that was our overhand ride. That was the one we had to dig deep to get. And I, I've been sitting on that one for a couple of weeks. 
and uh, and it worked, mate. So we're back in the victory column. Well uh, we got a big hill to climb though to, to even up the score against them. And they're just how good are they? Like they're they're great. They know the league very well. They've watched and played in so many games. Um, and we've had some other great guesses too, and a string of guesses. I know Ryan Painter was on a string there where he got a, about three or four in a row. Yep, Sam um, K as well. Yeah, Sam K was always all over it. So um, I, I feel with this uh, victory for us, it's it's pegged everyone down a little bit. We've it's now anyone's game out there. So have a good crack this week, and uh, uh, if you're ready, Matty, I'm ready to uh, put the cat out of the bag here. Yeah, mate, jump into this week's. Who are you? This week's Who Are You was born in 2006. Uh, pretty young player in the league, hasn't reached the 30 games played yet. However, they have exceeded the 30 points mark. Um, possibly the best flow in the league coming out of the helmet of this player. Bit of a rink rat, Detroit Red Wings fan, and spends a bit more time behind the camera than in front of it. That's this week's. Wow, that's fascinating. I'm going to have to ask you off air who that is because I can't think of it. Um, less than 30 games and more than 30 points. That's that's a heck of a start of a career, I think. Um, so yeah, I'll be curious to see who that is. Absolutely. Uh, across two divisions too, I might add. So won't put that in the actual uh, – well, put it in the podcast. But um, if anyone's tuned out after we played that, have a good think. They didn't get that little tidbit. But uh, yeah, two divisions, great to see. There we go. All right. Now, we had a lot of uh, positive feedback getting back to our NI cold call last week, Davey, so appreciate Ben Armstrong taking the time and giving us a bit of insight into his life and, and also his uh, goal-scoring prowess. So we're going to bring it back again this week, mate, in this week's NI cold call. Jonesy. Jonesy. Hey, mate, how are we? Good, mate. Good, good how mate. are you doing? Good, mate. Good, mate. Just trying to back a concrete truck in and, yeah. Perfect. Watching them back it in, so, yeah. Lovely. Have you got two minutes? Yeah, mate. Yeah, that's all good. Excellent, mate. We're actually uh, doing a bit of recording for the flyby this week. Wanted to <coughs> interview our favourite, um, so you're not getting fired from Learn to Play or anything, um, so no need to panic. All right, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, we, I don't know if you listened last week, mate, but we dove into your stats a little bit, um, looking through the history and the season of note I noticed was 15-16 summer. You played for the Neanderthals, 14 games, 27 points. Can you tell me what happened that year, mate, compared to every other year? Mate, I have no idea. It must <laughs> be a new stick or something. You're almost a goal a game that season, so you must have been finding the back of the net pretty comfortably. Yeah, um... I really don't know. Like, I must have a new new team. I think for the Nathaniels was first year, I think, maybe. And I don't know. Maybe it was just me, me prime. Maybe it was be prime. I should have gave up then. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> You've been a caveman veteran for the last eight years. You've now jumped to the hounds. Is the hounds going to be something you stick to, do you think? Or as soon as the cavemen are back at it, you're going to jump ship again? Once a caveman, always a caveman, mate. Can't, can't turn you back on them. Well, if you need to turn your back, mate, Matt Lindsay knows a thing or two about turning his back on a team, so just ask him. But, Jonesy, you've had one of the most legendary injuries we've seen in the uh, NIHL where you've um, you almost amputated your own leg with your own skate blade. Um, can you just quickly run us through what happened and maybe who did that sharpen on your skate? 
I don't recall me me okay doing it. I don't think it happened, but you just kept telling me that. <laughs> but um, I think third period, and then just went and had a collision with somebody, and um, I think my leg came up and severed me left hand knee. Joey was up in the score box and never seen Joey move so quick, and took his own shirt off to um, wrap me wrap me leg up, and yeah, stopped the bleeding. And paramedics came and made me walk out. I couldn't believe that. Oh wow! But yeah, um, yeah, severed down to, to I think it was. Five mil from the patella. Any further, I would have had to have a um, fake one put in. I'm pretty sure I saw you Joey know. with a, uh, a hand guard. towel uh, during that incident, but I think he just wanted to take the shirt off anyway. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, he did ask. He asked if I wanted to keep the like keep the shirt and that, so <laughs> I was like he could have it as a souvenir. <laughs> nice. Now, Jonesy, you've um, you've done something pretty impressive away from hockey. You were obviously Mr. McDonald's. I think McDonald is your middle name, but. Uh, Running all the Maccas in and around town and doing that for, you, for kind of your whole career. Um, but you've stepped away from that and launched yourself into uh, a mature age apprenticeship. I guess, can you talk a little bit about that and, and what you're doing these days apart from backing in concrete trucks? Yeah, mate, 15 years in Maccas and obviously, you know, good times, bad times, but I don't regret it. A lot of business skills out of it and that. And I always, always wanted to be hands-on and, you know, all my mates and that around me all had trades and all that, so they're always doing me favours and that, and the best thing I could do for them would give them a couple of free Big Macs for them. <laughs> so I thought maybe I could um, maybe I could get a trade and be able to return the favours at some stage, and I've always um had a you know interest in building and carpentry and that, so bit the bullet, and yeah, now I'm building houses, renovation houses, and so it's good. And, what, and are you in the first year of that still? Yeah, about to go second year, about to hit, about to hit second, second year. year, so yeah. Excellent, man. It's um, gone pretty, pretty quick. I've learned a lot so far, so another another year and a bit to go, and yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, some woodworking skills in there, and I follow it on Facebook and enjoy seeing the post, but can you give us a bit of info about the little side business that you've started up as well? Oh, uh, yeah, Chris's Custom Shops. <laughs> so I, um, it's made, uh, one day it's made an uh, oven, like can't buy the guy on top of the oven because I have a stainless steel big oven and I don't like cleaning, so I thought, what's the best way to cover that up? So I made a, this board and took some photos of it and everyone was pretty interested and took it from there. People asked me to make them and thought I could make a side hustle out of this and went from there into custom chopping boards for like smoking meat or big juice screws and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so now it's turned into a, a weekly occurrence of getting about three or four orders a week and um, it's good. Good seeing people that use them more and different customers like different um, ideas people want and I just have to figure it out and do it for them. Good fun. What's, I know the, Dave, what's the turnover time of, uh, of one of those these days, Jonesy? Mate, I try to pump it out within three or four days, um, depending how many I have. I think over Mother's Day, I think I had 23 orders in one week, so wow. that was a little bit delayed. So um, I know I know Dave would be pretty upset. He's just asked me to make something special for him and I just keep putting it on the back burner, but um, I'll, I'll get it say, one day. Mate, I've been asking you for months now to make, uh, I want a hockey stall, a Chris's Custom Chops hockey stall for my house so I can hang my gear in the summertime when it's at home. And uh, <laughs> yeah, three to four days. Yeah, right. More like three to four yeah. months. Yeah, well, you know, we might, we might try to get it by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> now, mate, I want to bring it back to hockey a little bit. I was going to give you a bit of crap and talk about when you missed it at that time, but... Uh, we won't oh, go please. there. We've, we've given you, we've given you enough. But um, you're you're someone who's gotten into the coaching side of things, and 
you know, we hit you up to coach and I think you're a bit surprised at first because you, you know, you've, um, although you've been playing for a few years now, you're, you're just kind of, you never played at a high rep level or anything, but you're, you're a bit of an in-house veteran, but you've kind of uh, thrived in the coaching ranks as well. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit, kind of what you get out of the coaching side of things, being around the learn to play and, and welcoming in these new players to our game? Yeah, no, yeah, as you said, mate, like when you asked me, I was kind of thrown off all of the joke. Um, like I haven't been in that long and, you know, not, you know, there's a lot more skilled people out there than me. And I say a lot more, but, um, you know, like I've learned throughout, you know, a few guys and doing it and just during the game of things that I learn and obviously what we get taught to teach. But I think it comes down to more than just teaching ice hockey, um, on the field. Like, you know, it's building that relationship and, you know, seeing these young guys come through, um, and they watch us, they watch the games, they come watch you guys. They, that's what they want to do. And, so anything that we can do on the ice to make the game more enjoyable and get them back and get them to, to love it, that's what I'm out there for. So I'm a, I'm a very people person. Um, that's the knack that's coming out of me, and that's what I think. You know, to keep the people happy in that, what they want to do, and they'll enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And that's one of the main reasons why uh, we really wanted to get you involved in the program, and I think we'll be forever grateful for what you've done for us um, as a business and, and, you know, really focusing on that customer service and delivery of that program and we've just seen it grow so much since you've been involved and sustain those high numbers so we really appreciate your efforts mate um don't know if we'll ever be able to thank you enough but yeah that's uh that's pretty much all i've got davy if you've got anything to to finish up here with jonesy before we let him go because that truck uh keeps beeping in the background every so often so i'm sure he's pretty busy <laughs> yeah it's probably, probably getting paid by the hour so i'm sure he doesn't mind but um no that's all we got jonesy mate we can't wait to see you back at the rink and uh, in the meantime, we're hoping you're pumping out those uh, custom chops so you can get to my hockey store. <laughs> Definitely. I'll um, do my best, mate. And appreciate it, cool boys. Awesome, Josie. Right, we'll talk to you again real Jonesy. soon, mate. Thanks, mate. No worries. Enjoy the day. Catch up. Bye. And there we have it, Davey. Chris Jones, um, our lead manager of the Learn to Play program now. Um, as we mentioned to him on the phone there, super appreciative of everything that he does for us as a business and, and for the community as a whole. So appreciate Jonesy taking the time today to have a quick chat with us. Absolutely, mate. Love hearing from Jonesy. Love everything he does with the, the learn to play and the hockey community. Great to see him back out there on the ice this year. He usually takes the winter season off. But really good to see him out there. And just a great story, I think. Someone who was, you know, well on his way to a really good career with Maccas and then, you know, just at a mature age, decided, no, it's not what I want to do. I want to get into a trade and, and found a, an apprenticeship and he's going great guns and just started a young family for himself, he's moved in, built a new house in the last few years. So uh, really just done a 180 and uh, couldn't be doing better. So well done, Jonesy. So, so Matty, um, like we said, been been a bit more active on the NIHL Instagram, which is, again, Newcastle, so it's at Newcastle Ice Hockey. Uh, learning as we go a little bit. But uh, one of the things we put out there, as I was a little curious, is um, the question was, who would be on the cover of NIHL 22? So obviously right now, NHL or EA Sports is NHL 22 is uh, on the verge of coming out. There's always a bit of discussion about who's going to be on the cover of that yep. and such. And um, I guess off the top of your head, Matty, before I get to the answers, you know, if we had to play out of the video game, who would be the face of the league right now? When I think of face of the league, I think of the the players who have played the longest, like Miles, like Josh Thompson, uh, Wendy Paintner, kind of the, the really significant veterans of the league. Um, mm. But then you also think of uh, players that are who are really active in the community 
uh, like Brendan, who, you know, coaches, manages, plays, is very active on the social media. Ben Armstrong, um, similarly, he's a bit newer uh, with just doing, joining in the last kind of 12, 18 months. Um, but yeah, I'd probably put someone like, uh, yeah, like a Miles who, you know, comes and coaches, learn to play, still actively involved and, and has had has been around since the start of the league. But what do you think? Yeah, interesting. Um, that That's one way to do it. And I think uh, with those players, I don't think you can go wrong. Like you said, they, they've got such a legacy around the league that I think it'd be a no-brainer. But, you know, oftentimes as well, it's a, it's a, someone who's really making a, an impact and is a bit of a flavour of the, the month or the year, um, so to speak. So I'd also maybe look at a, a young player um, like a Hunter Almasi or a, or a Flynn Toomey, someone who's who's putting up some pretty prolific points and, and making a big statement in the league um, early on in their career. But I guess getting getting to some of the answers, Gritty, which is obviously the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, yep, uh, TJ Oshie, Adam Fox, obviously the Norris winner this year, Miro Haskinen, um, some great NHL ones. But we wanted to keep it more local, obviously someone playing in the NIHL. And none of those players have played in the NIHL yet. Um, we would be open to having them uh, if they ever wanted to join. But uh, Scotty Dewar or Scotty uh, Dewa, which yeah. I don't know why my, mine wants to say it like that, but uh, he was one. Uh, Flynn Toomey, like I said, Hunter L. Massey. Um, Andy Sawyer or Brendan McCormick, someone posted in. Yep. Um, and someone we all know and love posted in Dave Ferrari. So... Um, yeah, you know, I'll tell you who that is off the air, but I uh, appreciate that, mate. We wouldn't put me on the cover, that's for sure. Um, a bit of conflict of interest there, I think. Yeah, so I think I think if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with a Hunter Almasi. Um, I just don't think we, we the league hasn't seen quite this uh, prolific a goal scorer in in a while, and he's been doing it for for a few seasons or a string of seasons now. You know, a player like Mitch Heck, who's coming really hot, he could be in talks, but he's only played one game. He'd need to get. Um, a few more games or a season under his belt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd go. I'd probably go with a young, young gun like a, a Hunter Almasi. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Very interesting. Um, <clears throat> and let's go ahead to Instagram before we get to Dave's question corner. I did want to share with you, Maddie, something. Something. Uh, now we've been in lockdown. Obviously, there's not a lot going in. I've turned into a bit of a builder around the house and been doing some concreting, uh, painting. Um, you know, fixing up some old brickwork. Uh, Perfect. Been doing it all. Yep. This is the time to do it. But uh, in doing that, you know, I have podcasts going. But I'm in really in my own little world. It's me and the dog and and my wife, who she's still fortunate enough to to go into the office because she has to. So during the day, there's there's not a lot of interaction. But uh, on the weekends, we try to get outside our outside our area a little bit, obviously staying within the rules and the, the radius and all that. But we went into um, into town the other day and and walked along the, the, the path up the top of the beach there near Merriweather to Bar Beach area. We like, like doing that. Walk and run into some people we know sometimes, but we got held up uh, the other day probably for about a good 25 minutes um, with this, this actually really lovely... Um, kind of older couple, or older than us, I should say, uh, not an old couple, but um, they had a, a, an old gold retriever and uh, it was getting along with our dog, so we're having a quick chat to them. And Now, I'm not big, I'm, I'm a friendly person, but I'm not a huge chatter with, 
random people. If I'm on my walk, I like to just do my thing. Yep. <clears throat> we kind of stop for a coffee and keep going. But uh, my wife is more of a talker, so she loves to hear all about their dog and, and we'll just kind of go on and on. And, and she'd kind of done her thing and, and they didn't seem to be leaving. They just kept wanting to talk. Um, they were really friendly, so you know we were fine with it. But then they started asking more questions about what we did for work, and and I just started to get a bad feeling about where are they going with this. Yep. And then uh, they were telling us how they had recently found a bit more uh, freedom in their work because they had hooked up with some uh, life coaches and mentors, and and I was really happy for them with that. And and then uh, I just got that bad feeling of this: we're getting sold something here. Oh, you're and, kidding uh, me. It was probably another, that was about at the 15 minute mark and then it was probably another 10 minutes. And now my wife hadn't felt that yet. She was right into it and given information and taking information and was loving it. And I, I the way we were set up, I couldn't give her the, the foot kick or the, the elbow nudge or anything like that. And yep, yep. It went on and on and, and um, it then, then to right at the end, the awkward part of uh asking to exchange numbers and, and we had to politely say, oh, no, I think we're, we're okay with where we're at. And then we spent the next part of our walk, uh, me explaining to, <laughs> to Eliza that, uh, <laughs> how did you not see that coming? And, um, and <laughs> but it really put us off our whole walk. And again, they're a lovely couple and I'm sure they were trying to do the right thing. But um, I'll tell you what, we won't be stopping uh, anytime soon to talk yeah. to some random people, especially not in that step. Have you ever had something like that happen to you? No, that's fascinating. That's interesting strategy from them uh, in lockdown times because obviously they can't go door knocking or anything at this stage. So they've found different ways. They've uh, yeah thought outside the box there and, and are tackling people on the the exercise routine. So that's fascinating. Absolutely. And even uh, even as we first started walking off, we did a bit of a loop around where we usually get coffee, and um, Eliza still wasn't convinced. And uh, so I was politely telling her, no, I really think that was their, that was their intention all along. And as we loop back, we they had told us that they were leaving now because their dog had had a long walk. And he was a bit of an old, older dog. But as we loop back, we saw them talking to another group of people <laughs> who looked just as impressed as I was. Um, so they're definitely professionals at it. But uh, there you go. It's just you never know when someone's going to bail you up and try to sign you up or sell you something. Yeah, there you go. That is interesting. And one other thing I wanted to share before we get into the question corner was I was on YouTube um, looking at uh, something which we'll talk about in the question corner, but um, and I stumbled upon Tom Zantano's YouTube channel. Are you familiar with this, Matty? No, but you've got me hooked already. <laughs> so we all know Tom Zantano is, uh, is a bit of a, a stats man when it comes to the NIHL. Uh, I wonder if he was the actual stats man. Remember that Twitter account, the the AIHL guy? He called himself Stats Man. I do, mate. Yeah, he he. I wonder if he was the stats man because that that was a. I remember. Oh, it would have been around probably 2015, 16, when that account was around, and we yep. just would just uh, share ran, not random, but very well researched stats on teams head to head, and you know, in this rink and that rink. Um, and it was a huge talking point. I know amongst our team, um, Coach Fringe back then, he, he loved bringing it up and, and he was starting to get a bit controversial with Statsman, but I just remember it was a big thing and I don't know what happened to Statsman because he doesn't seem to do it anymore, or at least when the AHL was still going. But yep. I wonder if Tom Dentano was behind that because in our world, he is the Statsman 
But going to his YouTube channel, which is just his name, Thomas Zenteno, uh, public channel, so I'm sure he won't be sharing it, but he has a whack of games in there where he set up his GoPro in the corner of the rink um, and you can watch uh, highlights oh, wow. of the NIHL. So he's got some finals games in there. Um, he's, he has a heap. And I've just typed in Thomas Centeno now and there's some guy with an afro, which is not the one we're looking for. So I'm going to just find <laughs> it again. Um, See what the actual channel is before you're share, sharing it on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. But uh, That is very cool. In. I do remember they might be a few yeah. years old. I don't know how recent those videos are because I remember him asking us about that um, yeah. several years ago if, if he could put the GoPro in the yeah. corner. Um, He's got one up there for six months ago, the Bandit Bears final. Okay. Um, so a year ago, a lot of caveman games. Um, two years ago, dating back as far as... 2019. So yeah, last few years. Now the the actual account, so you do get the right one, is uh, so it's youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Tommy Zent. So T O M I Z E N T. If you want to go back and have a look at uh, some some kind of recent games, and uh, just just uh, yeah, something to do in lockdown. There's not a lot going on right now, hockey wise. Even the NHL is closed. So if you go back and have a look at Tom's videos, uh, I thought it was excellent to find that. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you sharing that little golden egg. So hopefully uh, Tommy doesn't mind seeing his viewership spike a little bit over the next couple of days. Absolutely. All right, Matty, without further ado, should we get into it? Let's do it, mate. Let's jump in now to Dave's Question Corner. (laughs) All right, Davey, before we jump into the QA from Instagram this week, I just had a question for you regarding... Uh, warm-up music. So I was curious, we always play warm-up music during the NHL final series um, and we kind of just pick ones that we like, but obviously the the North Stars have the, the famous, uh, oh gosh, who actually sings it? Is it Def, it's not Def Leppard, is it? Welcome, Welcome to the Jungle? Yeah, but who's it by? It's, uh, it's not um, ACDC, it is that other band. Um <laughs> Guns and Roses. Yes, there you go. Yep. My lovely wife, Maddie, just uh, told me off, off air here that it's Guns and Roses, same time that you've confirmed it. So there you go. Obviously, yeah, we listen to Welcome to the Jungle um, each time we come out on the ice as North Stars. But what kind of warm-up music do you like? Uh, on ice? Yeah, sorry, on ice. Yeah, look, I'm really not too fast. Just something loud, something with a good beat, something uplifting. I actually find uh, over over my years of, uh, as an older player playing in the in the AIHL is in the dressing room is where I kind of found a lot of the newer songs I listen to because I'm not a big listener of the radio yep. and um, outside of with the hockey team I don't really go out much where to places that are pumping <laughs> music so I just remember um, you know being in the dressing room a lot and hearing a good song and, and asking one of my store mates like what song's this and put it in my phone or whatever and uh, sometimes they kind of laugh because the song was five years old or something but uh, I've definitely discovered a lot of my newer music tastes through the locker room tune but on ice yeah something uh, something loud yep I like it to be uh, cranked as loud as it can go um, that, that always helps and yeah some of the old school ones like the Guns N' Roses Welcome to the Jungle ACDC kind of back in black those things but even some of the newer stuff um, 
you know, I wish I could name name some uh, names of songs, but as I said, it's that far over my head. But I know them if I heard them. Um, obviously, there's that is it Black Eyed Peas one that I got a feeling. Yeah, uh, a lot of Rinksy is that, which is pretty good. Similarly um, to the 2016 Big League Experience trip theme song, um, Girls, I think it's called, by Crook or something, that became very popular um, around 2016. Yeah. I thought that was a cool one. That was a cool one. I think the uh, Swiston and Glocks brought that to our team the year before, prior, maybe, or maybe not 2016. But yeah, I love that one. That one still cranks these days. But um, yeah, I don't have any actual go-to songs. And when I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this is my, my jam. It's just something loud and, and any of the generic stuff is good for me. Yeah. What about yourself? Um, I've just got one. I'm actually going to play a bit of a sample on the podcast of this song, but it was when we were playing over in the Netherlands um, a few years ago. <laughs> it was an excellent Did song. Did it got something to do with boots? No, no. That's also a great song. Um, okay, can I jump in there then? Because I, I have to share this. <laughs> there is a song that Matt brought back from, I think it was the Netherlands or one of the Australian trips he went to. And uh, you don't often see Matt Lindsay take over the, the stereo in the dressing room, but he definitely had one he wanted added to the playlist. He was adamant that this song was excellent and I uh, just couldn't get enough of it. And the only lyrics I remember from the song was that you're never too big for your boots. You're getting way too big for your boots. You're never too big That's for your boots. That's right. Um, I was very confident with a bit that of song. A, <laughs> a bit of a techno uh, beat in there. So you'll have to look up that one uh, and play it on the pod as well. So everyone can know what we're talking about. But anyway, mate, what, what's the song you got for it? Yeah, look, it's uh, it was a song that we were over there during King's Day in the Netherlands. And it must have been the almost like a theme song or an anthem song or something for the Netherlands because they just played it non-stop during that festival. But uh, the rink also had it on for each game's warm-up music and you just got so excited and pumped by the end just getting so used to that music. So I'm going to put a little sample into the pod so people can listen to it. I don't recall the exact name, so I'm going to have to do a little bit of investigating. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put it in as a sample and we'll see what the listeners think of it. Okay. All right, Davey, now let's jump into uh, the Instagram questions that were proposed this week to wrap up uh, the episode. Absolutely, mate. So um, I've got two questions here which I think we can hit with the one stone, and that is uh, how can we stay hockey fit with these crazy times and where's, there's a, where's a decent place for off-ice training in Newey? So uh, first of all, how can we stay hockey fit in these crazy times? Um, there's a ton of stuff on, on YouTube. I know JFK has put some stuff out there on our YouTube channel a little bit. If anyone uh, follows Kat Lau's Instagram, she's always doing some excellent hockey-specific workouts on there that she shares, uh, which are fantastic. Highly recommend those. Um, but uh, this is I'm definitely, and I don't think either of you, Matty, definitely experts in these areas. Um, I would say it's all about just getting more flexible and, and strengthening that flexibility. So, so doing things like yoga, which you can easily find on YouTube. Um, the best thing I found personally for uh, my fitness, when I, you know, anything I've done outside of the rings of my fitness was when I, I had a little stint uh, with Pat Naden doing the boxing, and all the boxing training was was geared around kind of two to three minute rounds, um, going all out, and I found that 
for me was probably the best thing I've done that translated to better on ice conditioning um, directly. So again, on YouTube, just following some some boxing workouts um, would be highly recommended. But Maddie, we teamed up with a company um, called To the Edge, uh, which is a gym in Newcastle, and they do all our our camp stuff and elite prospects type of stuff. Can you elaborate a little more on that? Because I know you've done a little bit of training um, at their old facility. Yeah. Um, and I know they're doing a lot of online stuff now as well. So can you elaborate elaborate a little bit? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, Dan, who who owns that company, I'm actually really good friends with his wife, who is a psychologist, and I worked with her for a while and, and met Dan through her. Um, but yeah, used to uh, go and train with him, and then they moved the facility over to Adamstown. But at the moment, it's obviously closed, but they have converted to a lot of online Zoom sessions. Uh, so if you follow their Instagram page, I think it's to the edge, HPC, um, the high performance center. Uh, you can see when their sessions are on and get in contact with them and see how you can link into their their programs. But um, yeah, they run lots of different things because of, of Megan, um, her psychology background. She runs classes as well around how to, to manage, um, you know, mentally during the, the lockdown. And, and also Dan runs the actual physical classes um, for juniors, for adults. He's got a range of things happening. So definitely recommend checking them out. But in terms of... Uh, Hockey fit, if it's not just necessarily fitness, um, you know, I've, I've always grown up with just building different hockey nets out of wood, put a bit of, um, I actually use fly screen as like a drape, you know, back in inline days, how they'd have the, the mesh kind of draped midway through the oh, net. Drop, drop net. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just make one similar to that with fly screen, uh, order some pucks online. You can get them directly from skaters. Um, and, you know, just sit in the backyard and shoot pucks at the net, practicing on, you know, top corners, low blocker, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, like, if you if you want, there's there's so many different uh, things you can get online. I know Gav uh, Thurston has that cool uh, stick handling machine where it kind of lights up on the floor and you get to practice um, stick handling over those things and time it and, you know, working on your hands, those sort of things. So there's certainly... Yeah, that. That thing was called the, the Super Deaker, I believe, and um, pretty pricey, but, geez, wasn't that addictive? We went there for a senior one team uh, barbecue, little team bonding thing, and and uh, oh, I must have had about 10 goes on that trying to beat Gav's high score. But, um, yeah, lights up, and you got to put the puck over the lights, and that registers as one, and you, I think you have 45 seconds to, to get your high score. That's right. I still um, don't believe Gav actually did that. He didn't do it in front of us. I reckon he may have just put his hand over the puck and just ran over the lights there to get that score because we <laughs> could not beat it. I did see him come real close on the night, and, uh, yeah, I was a bit, bit surprised myself. Uh, Gav with the quick hands, but um, I was definitely determined to beat him and, and couldn't do it that night. And I did toy with purchasing one, but then I had to put, I had to put the brakes on that. I just thought, and, um, I don't need one for myself just yet. Yeah, yeah. The tricky thing is obviously the shipping because um, it had come from the states, so the dollar's not faring too well at this mo- moment. So um, yeah, just you can do lots of things at home just with uh, stuff you have lying around the house. But I certainly recommend getting either some green biscuits or um, some actual pucks where you can shoot it a net in your backyard. Yeah, sure. So yeah, great advice there, Matty. Um, another one here, and this. Probably direct more to you than me because you're a bit more familiar with the um, the games aspect of it, uh, bit of a gamer. So, do you guys think be a pro on NHL can aid in a player's positional development? Oh god, um, 
I actually don't. I don't know what that is, dude. Um, <laughs> I haven't played NHL since I think NHL 05 or something. So not super familiar. I've certainly heard that term before, be a pro. I think it's where uh, you like make a character and, you know, you're on a team or something. Um, so maybe you just play that, that one position instead of just, you know, alternating around to anyone who's got the puck or is near the puck. Maybe it's more dedicated to a position. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, without without uh, doing it myself, I'm not too familiar. I apologise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, me neither, Matty. The last one I really got into NHL-wise was NHL 99 on PC. So I'm not <laughs> one to comment. Um, but uh, I know I know I used to coach with a, a guy doing um, kind of learn-to-play level coaching with a guy who would recommend to all his players to go home and play the NHL games um, with the full rules on. So I don't even know if that's an option now. They used to be able to turn off offsides, icings and all that. So it was just more flowing game. Yep. He said, put all the rules on and that's your best way to learn the rules. So and I, I found it worked really well with those young players because you can quickly learn what offside is when you're playing it on the, the video game, especially if you're spending a lot of time playing that video game versus in games only when you're playing yourself on the ice. So um, yeah, without knowing... Uh, what be a pro is exactly we're uh, definitely gone over our heads but i i can't help but think it would improve uh, if it's what you're saying um i think it would and even if it's just playing the game um i think it would improve your uh positional understanding uh, somewhat yeah yeah definitely we might be way off the mark on that answer but i still think the <laughs> advice around playing just to learn the rules is actually a pretty good uh, good point uh, one from one of our long-time nhl nihl players here how's the withdrawal symptoms from lack of ice um, oh look you know, I'll jump in first on that one keep myself very busy with some work around the house and, and working on my own fitness uh, a little bit just to stay somewhat in shape but uh, definitely miss it I, I do find though in these times I don't miss it as much as when being injured or something like that just because there's no hockey being played that I'm actually missing out on like knowing that the rink is closed sucks but it obviously kind of helps individually with me knowing I don't have that FOMO. I don't have that, oh, the guys are playing and, and I'm not there. Yep. Um, so it's not as bad, but I, I do look at my equipment from time to time and, and I really miss getting out there. Um, but I, I know it's going to come. So it's not uh, not like I can't get back to the game when it does come back. I, I just, you know, doing this briefly before just makes me remember that as soon as I get back out there, it's uh, all those good feelings will come rushing back and uh, looking forward to that day, but not dwelling on it too much. Yeah, look, I think that's the perfect answer, mate. I don't think I have much more to add uh, on top of what you've just said there. Obviously, it's it's not ideal and, and there's no better feeling than being on the ice. Um, but yeah, it's certainly going to come back uh, as soon as it can. So yeah, just try to keep ourselves busy and, and mentally healthy as we can while we're awaiting the ring to open up. All right. Now, now this one uh, here, just as soon as I read this, I um, thought of this goal and it made, it made me laugh and it did make me laugh now. But the question is, uh, weirdest goal you've ever seen scored? Um, so have a think about that one, Maddie, and I'll share this story while we're doing that. But uh, when I was living in Calgary, I... I for the majority of those years, I played on a recreational team called the Rangers. And in fact, Matty, when we were over there for big league, um, you and I both played for that team because um, on a day off, a game lined up 
when we were over there last time, I believe. Yep. So um, played on the Rangers for years with my, at the time, roommate. That was his team. That's how I kind of got onto the team. Great bunch of guys who had played together a long time. Uh, still at a somewhat competitive level, like recreational hockey, but but not bad hockey. And we had a defenseman on our team that named Paul Kaywood. Uh, great guy, long time D-man on that team. And uh, never forget, we were playing uh, at the um, Flames Community Arenas in Mount Royal there in Calgary. And he was the defenseman on the, uh, the board side, so the strong side defenseman in a D-zone face-off. And the face-off was won <laughs> cleanly back to him. And we might have even been on a penalty kill. I'm not sure because as soon as he got it, he was intent in just firing a slap shot around the boards and rimming it around and out of the zone. So he must yep. have been on a penalty kill. Yep. He wouldn't just be giving away the puck like that. Paulie was a pretty good player. Um, but he was under a bit of pressure. So he got the puck. He turned facing behind the net and wound up slap shot to rim it around. But because he was under pressure, his angle must have been a little bit off, and he just fired a slap shot right in our own net, short side. Uh, the goalie wasn't, because we had the puck, obviously, he wasn't tied up against his post. He was kind of watching Paulie, who was going to rent this puck, and he just slap shotted it hard right in the, our net. And, uh, and I just remember after, he just dropped to his knees. <laughs> And uh, we we were dying laughing, and he felt awful. And our goalie's just kind of throwing his hands in the air. Amazing. And uh, it's uh, something I'll never forget. So uh, that's probably one of the weirdest goals, an own goal. I don't even know who you credit that to because there was a clean win on the face-off, so literally no one touched it. Um, I'd be interested to ask the referee, actually, who gets credit for that goal on the other team. Yeah. But, uh, have you ever seen uh, anything like that, Matty, or have you ever seen something weird? What's the weirdest one you remember? Weirdest one was probably, I don't know if you were on the team as well. It was in Adelaide and back then, oh, yeah, I can't remember how many years ago it was now, but the nets, some of the nets around the rinks in, in the country haven't been great and some of them are a bit warped and if the ice isn't completely level, sometimes there's a bit of a gap underneath the nets. And yeah, we were versing Adelaide and... Um, it was one of the Aussies, oh, I can't remember who it would have been now. It might have been like Watini or uh, Damien Wong or something um, who just shot the puck from the offensive corner just at the net and it was absolutely going to hit the back of the net and just go behind. But it managed to, to get through this little gap that was there into the net and the ref called it a goal. Because he was on, he was on the other side. So obviously, he hasn't really seen that the puck hasn't gone. You know, it hasn't gone off the goalie's skate short side or anything like that. It's just gone straight underneath. And yeah, I was on right D, and I just saw it go through. I was like, no, that's there's no way he's calling that a goal. And, and sure enough, the the ref did. And um, there was a bit of a blow up from the Adelaide team, um, but the linesman didn't contribute anything. And and sure enough, it got counted as a goal. So. Uh, we didn't contest it, obviously. It was a, an Aussie scoring, so we don't get many of those. Um, but, yeah, pretty fascinating. I don't know if the, the Nets would be that bad anymore because uh, this is probably at least kind of eight years ago now. But, yeah, pretty pretty weird. But in terms of listening to your story, um, I've certainly had a couple of own goals in my career as well. Um, you definitely would have been on the team because Dane was on it. 
and he was in net and, and looked at me pretty disappointingly, but it was a two on one against me. And, you know, I like to do the classic, uh, you know, you're facing both the, the, uh, offensive players, but you quickly twist and put your stick down to block the, the backdoor pass. <laughs> and, uh, I put the stick down and, and deflected their pass right into our net past Dane. Cause he slid over to, to intercept the backdoor shot. Um, and yeah, he didn't let me live that one down. <laughs> well, mate, I've done. I did one of them in New Zealand, an absolute beauty, two on one, same thing, spun around, didn't lay the stick down, but just had the blade there right in the passing lane. I thought it was a great play, broke up the pass, and but the goalie kept sliding with, with to where the pass was going, yeah. and it just yeah. slowly slid into the net. And uh, and I, do you remember the one, uh, Matty, with the North Stars, where we're in Melbourne playing against the uh, one of the Melbourne teams, and I think JFK might have had a pie in the net. There was a delayed penalty, so we had a six on five. We'd taken our goalie out yep. and yep. Uh, went to pass in front of the net, but uh, I think the stick might have just got lifted and there was no one quite on the point. I remember I was on the ice for that one. Maybe I was meant to be in that spot on the point. I don't know, but I just remember I was the last player left chasing it down, so I knew <laughs> I was never going to get to it as it was going right into our own net, scored uh, an own goal on the delayed penalty where we were going on the power play. So, um, that I was definitely a, that. a weird one. That's probably and, on YouTube uh, somewhere was, too. Yeah, that was a long, lonely skate where I'm like, well, I can't just give up. I've got to try. But I knew I was never going to get there to stop it. Um, you know, I don't think anyone could get there. I was definitely well going in. And as I just skated thinking, it's just actually happening. And it went in. So yeah, there's some weird ones for you. And uh, best in-house rivalry? Oh, geez. I think um, there's been a few over the years. You know, you look at, Greenhawk, Greenhawk Sharks back in the day when they yeah. were in the same division. They had a great rivalry. Cavemen versus anyone, oh, really? Cavemen versus anyone. Bears, Hawks have had a great rivalry, um, but, but that probably dried up kind of a year or two ago. Yeah, there's been a few good ones. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a big one right now. Like, I think just because the, the league is so even yep. um, in both divisions, but... Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say the biggest one over the years was probably that that Sharks Greenhawks one, followed by the uh, the Bears Hawks one. Yep, I would agree um, with that too. To my recent memory, and we've got two more here. <laughs> the worst referee call you've seen. Obviously, we haven't. You know, we can't. We're not going to touch on any we've seen in the NIHLs. We love our referees, and uh, and they do a great job. So they're not going to sewer those guys and girls, but. Um, Matty, worst referee call you've seen? I've definitely got one in, in, in the barrel here, ready to go. Oh, I can't really think of any off the top of my head outside of the referees always getting me for delay of games when I flick the puck in a panic over the glass. Um, <laughs> I'd say they're all the worst calls I've seen. Well, I, I've got two. I remember, again, another one where I was playing in that Rangers team overseas in the rec league. Um, I remember one time I, uh, I stepped on the ice, like changing on the fly, stepped on the ice, and I didn't come near a player or the puck. I was only on there for about 10 seconds. And then uh, whistle, and uh, I think our goalie throws the puck or something, whistle, and the referee just said to me like that I had an interference penalty or, or something. Oh, and I just remember wow. thinking, like, no, no, no. That's, uh, and then they just got really angry. said, yeah, it was you in the box. And, and I went and sat in the box. So I just remember thinking, like, wow, because I didn't see a penalty at all, let alone I didn't come near anyone but that was a weird one but the probably the the, um, the, the uh, worst call not necessarily worst call but definitely weirdest call 
was um, a referee, Darren, who used to referee in Newcastle, doesn't anymore, was actually a, a really nice guy to talk to yep. and a really good referee at times. But this one game, like we all do, must have just been having a bit of a brain, brain fart. I've had plenty. And there was, uh, well, it would have been about 2013, 14-ish. So he's decided he's going to call a penalty on the North Stars. So his arm's gone, sorry, on the uh, opposition team. I think we were playing Adelaide. Penalty on Adelaide, the aunt's gone up, so we have the puck. So Olivier Martin, who was our goalie at that time, he's come to the bench because delayed penalty. We're going to get the sixth man out there and try to score before we actually go on the, the real power play. Um, so Olivier's come to the bench. She's still got his arm up for the penalty. And then watching him, I'll never forget, he kind of put his head to the side. He was having a good think about the penalty. And then he thought, nah, I'm not going to call that. Put his arm back down. And so we kept playing with six on five. But now Adelaide get the puck, no whistle because he's decided it's not going to be a penalty anymore. But we don't have a goalie in the net. Adelaide have come down and fired the puck into the empty net. And uh, he signaled goal. And <laughs> everyone is just blowing up. Wow. And I think the game would have stopped for probably a good 10, 15 minutes while he spoke to the other referee, other referees, linesmen, the captains. And I could tell he was, he was real disappointed in himself. For making the screw up, it was trying to, you know, it was just a bit of a, a bit of a mess. And he ended up doing the right thing. They called the goal back, so no harm, no foul. It was all good. But I'll never forget that one of just being, uh, just the referee changing his mind halfway through. And and that's one thing, you know, I've learned from from watching referees over the years, and even doing the referee course is that uh, a late call is better than the wrong call. So if you have to think about it, it's better to think about it and then put up your arm late versus putting your arm up right away and making the wrong potentially the wrong call. Yeah, um, Because you can't put your arm up and then put it down and change your mind, even though we have seen that uh, a la this situation over the years. But um, yeah, probably one of the biggest things I took from the referee course, course is a late call is better than the wrong call. Yep, I like it. Uh, and then the last one is uh, that we have here is Best Selly by an NIHL player. We obviously spoke uh, the other week about Jordan Van Elst throwing the stick down, that was an excellent one. Yep. Um, I know for me, it was, uh, it'd probably be Ben Hughes when he plays in the summer. You know, he does the, the Paddy Kane shooting the bow. He gets a leg up there. I've ever seen jump up on the glass. He loved it when he scored. And, uh, and I love that as well. You know, I mean, yeah. the more, the more emotion, the better. So we love that from Benny. Uh, you got any, mate? Um, Sammy Lynch rings a bell straight away for me in regards to, to goals. He, he has a different uh, set up his bag each time he gets a goal. I, I haven't uh, personally witnessed any of the four goals he got this season so far, but uh, Sammy's always been one to, to love to sell him. But the best one for me has to date back to 2014 in the grand final, mate. Uh, we have it on YouTube somewhere, but uh, Luke Dore goes down and, and scores on Brad Lindsley, I think, who was the caveman goalie in the grand final. And uh, one of Luke's good mates, Jeff, who is still playing in the league, but was probably his first season um, back then, uh, just got so excited that, you know, he just did the stick slap on the ice about 12 times, just in elation. Uh, Didn't put his hands up, didn't go over to Luke and and hug him or anything, just got super (laughs) excited and did the, the stick vibration on the ice. I thought that was great. The stick slap, Sally, I love it. Uh, I know there was a game, a Flames game, a couple of years ago where uh, our former captain, Mark Giordano, um, I think he scored a goal and anybody was real tired and kind of off balance. So he couldn't throw his hands in the air. So he just gave a few 
six laps on the ice. <laughs> and, uh, that's so six good. Laps Sally is, is uh, an excellent one. All right, mate. I think that's going to wrap it up for episode 23. So is there anything else you want to uh, touch on before we finish? Oh, look, just hope everyone's uh, doing the right thing out there. Um, everyone's in different situations. Like, you know, I know I'm keeping myself busy here and uh, not missing the hockey too much. Like, obviously, I miss it, but um, I've got other things to fill the day. But I think if you're on a team, you know, just find some time to check in on a teammate. Um, messaging someone on your team, um, if it's some, some new person each day or each week or each fortnight, but just reaching out to someone, um, you never know, it just may really make that person's day or, or week. So be a good teammate and uh, keep interacting with your teammates or even just other people in the league because we're, remember, we're all members of the Newcastle North Stars. It's not just players on our own team, that uh, they're in fact on our team. So reach out, uh, be a good teammate is, is I guess, my parting words. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you for episode 24.